0: Said he'd like to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How's he gonna be a superhero if we already know his secret identity? <laughs>
1: hey, I saw John Travolta on uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and they did who could be a who could do a better John Travolta? Same oh. bit he did with Seinfeld. The other oh, way. nice! And they spun the role of Travolta uh, roles, and then Jimmy Fallon would do the Travolta, and then Travolta would do the Travolta, and Jimmy Fallon's Travolta was way better. <laughs> Than Travolta Travolta. (laughs) It was clear that Travolta has not watched Welcome Back, Cotter, like since he was on it, Ah. and doesn't remember at all what Vinnie Barbarina sounded like. Wow. Whereas Jimmy Fallon had it nailed. You're blowing my mind. Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, interesting. Uh, Reaction flowing in to our interview with Tim Sandifer about whether America is truly based on slavery, as the New York Times and college professors would have you believe. was terrific if you uh, missed it. Uh, go to the podcast Given away uh, for free wherever podcasts are given away for free. Uh, this, uh, Angie, your interview with Mr. Sandifer is really, really interesting. The best I've heard on your program. I learned so much. And then, oh, my God, your guest is as pretentious as one can get. Just because he's smarter than you doesn't make him pretentious. <laughs> he is a constitutional scholar. I wonder, this was a one-sentence payoff here for something I've mentioned. Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, wrote an op-ed in the uh, Wa- Wall Street Journal today. We stand with Hong Kong, and just the headline is this. Sooner or later, the rest of the world will have to do what the protesters are doing, confront Beijing. I think we and the rest of the world waking up slowly to the fact that China is like the Soviet Union was, maybe more so. They're better at it. They're better at being Therefore, the Soviet. More dangerous. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and this this whole idea that no, they're they're practically a democracy. They're just kind of little no 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 no. no. People who are making zillions of dollars off of doing business with them or promoting that idea uh, because they don't want you to figure out how evil China is. And China. Right. China is asshole. Yeah, that's a uh, Hong Kong protester with his characterization of uh, China. Can we hear that again? China is asshole. Oh, that's uh, that's some strong talk. Well, there and they have an expansionist ideas and a really strong military. Um, stronger by the day. Yeah. Stronger by the day. And this and this headline I saw yesterday, which I was going to look into, China could overwhelm U.S. military in Asia in hours. So if they decided to uh, jump ugly, right. we're not prepared for it. Right. It's unlikely, but it is highly likely they'll use that capability as a bargaining chip. So. Sure. Uh, so we've been talking a, a lot about bums and junkies, the West Coast bum explosion uh, coming to a progressive city near you. Guaranteed beware of these policies, our friends, across uh, America, uh, because they sound good and compassionate. They will lead to horror, disaster. I'm just diving into this long, long report um, that uh, Barnini Chab- Chakrabarty, I should have rehearsed that, chakrabarti has written about... Um, uh, Seattle, San Francisco, L.A., and Portland. Um, and the title is um, Stats Soar City Blames Big Business, Residents Blame Officials, and, and some of the realities of it. And much as we like to shout about stuff like talk radio hosts do, we're also about solutions here, and we want a realistic view of what is actually going on. Why are there all of a sudden so many bums and junkies? Why is there an enormous health crisis where the, the state of California is punishing the city of Los Angeles because L.A. city workers are getting bit and diseased and sick and the rest of it because there's so much human excrement and fleas and rats and the rest of it. Um, Good morning. And we got a, a bunch of different emails on the topic, including one from a, uh, a homeless fag. Friends of Armstrong and Getty have been referring to themselves as fags for decades now. Uh, if you're offended by it, get over it. Um, Nobody is actually offended by it. Don't pretend to be offended by it. We're okay. taking the word back. That's right. Anyway, um got this note from, uh, we'll say Al Anonymous. said, after being, um, oh, he he discovered our show about five years ago uh, after making the decision to seek out views opposing my own. And lo and behold, uh, yours and mine were surprisingly similar. After being super liberal most of my life, I opened my own business. Long story short, you can guess my leanings now. I'm sure multiple people have sent you um, the video of the uh, business owner getting attacked in San Francisco. Um, here's uh, from Kathy. We used to take breaks on our office balcony and watch the ducks and fish. Now no ducks or fish, just bums, junkies, and rats. And she sends a disgusting picture. Again, a couple of years ago, they would take their breaks out there and look at all the wildlife. Now there isn't any. It's um, it just coming up the, the email from the homeless fag. It's the same thing I said in front of my city council. I said, I used to, I've lived here for a long time, used to go to the park, used to ride my bike here. Now you can't. Does anybody think that's a good thing? Right, right. Uh, Officer J, you spoke about homelessness, specifically the fact that it's not a crime to defecate in front of a business. There's a reason a lot of these crimes are being decriminalized. It's the choice to treat all homeless as victims. Victims of high housing costs or some other societal reason. When the arguments that these people are victims come up in conversation, my first question is, okay, they're victims. But for how long? How long does someone get to stay a victim? My second question is, if you found yourself homeless tomorrow, um, how long would it take you to find an hourly job, rent a room, some shelter? Most people say, well, within weeks, certainly. Most homeless people choose to remain homeless. I deal with them all the time. Having the ability to do what you want, when you want, while receiving government money, and being treated as a victim, we're creating the epidemic by treating someone as a perpetual victim, not responsible for their situation, not to mention the lack of punishment for their crimes. As I've said before, make it difficult to be on the street. Make it hard to be a drug user. Make punishments for crimes swift and meaningful. Stop rationalizing rationalizing these behaviors as a result of an unfair system, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you'll see it end. Or at least to a large extent. And then finally this. um, um, She doesn't mind us using her name. So Rhonda writes, uh, dear A&G, my name is Rhonda. I'm homeless and not a junkie. There are some homeless that are not junkies. And we agree with you about them. We've tried to talk to caseworkers, police, and they don't listen to us till something terrible happens. Even then, all they do is talk to the person with, oh, poor baby, tone to it and let him go. Yes, this includes the police. We've seen them commit crimes, these junkies. We call the cops. the The cops talk to them, take a ride for two blocks and let them go free. They get out. They smirk. They wait for the cops to drive away. Then they scream and rant and go back to whatever crime they're doing before. We've seen this countless times. Sad, but it'll take deaths before they change things. The rest of us law-abiding homeless will suffer for this. There needs to be a separation between us and them. Their behavior is held against us when we try to get jobs and places to live. True. I'm sure that's very true. Hey, Gavin Newsom, what do you say to that, brother? Two texts I wanted to read. the, the, The lunatic city council of San Francisco, Seattle. Sacramento. What do you say to that? That's a good one. We're talking about bums and junkies. We're not talking about Ronda who's trying. We got two texts on the subject of you, you know being enablers as a society. Which we are, unquestionably. Um It was never easy when I was using fifteen years CNS. What is that? CNS. Clean and sober. Oh, oh gotcha. Of there course, it. yeah. Thank, thank you very much. Well done, Michael. Oh. It was never easy when I was using, and when things got to the point of me being homeless, I got my S together and got sober. If camping on the street was an option, who knows how far down the rat hole I might have gone. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. If you're at that tipping point, but I can camp in the park and there's lots of us out here and there's places I can eat and and everything. Well, then, yeah, maybe I won't. Well, and any of us who have indulged in excesses in our lives know you end up with a circle of friends doing the same things and you reinforce each other and make each other believe, yeah, this is fine. This is an okay way to live. And that's what we're promoting. And one more. Junkie camps. I was addicted to meth for more than 13 years. Oof. Being arrested and being forced to sober up changed my life. Of course, I had to work on myself with programs and therapy, but I now own my own plumbing business for over 10 years. But getting arrested is what made the difference. Right. Well, another example of if you would just decided, well, you know, that's your choice to live and you can't help it. It's Trump's economy that's causing you to be this way. Probably would be dead by now. Right. Right. I I thought the whole enabler thing was better known than it is in addiction. Well, it is, uh, but... There's so much driving this as you're just discussing the 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 homeless industrial complex cannot be underestimated right the amount of money that's flying around right. the right. number of people whose jobs who make their careers th- this is how they make their house payment is based on convincing you these are just People are just, you know, one bad, you're one bad break away from being this guy right here. Right. And uh, that's why you should get more money. Yeah, there's an amazing amount of money that's flowing through this, and people are grabbing their share, and it's government money, so nobody cares. Well, it's taxpayer money, obviously, but. I don't think everybody's being that cynical, but a lot cares. of people are. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There are some really good, well-meaning people in it. But, listen, there are these unicornian notions that have taken hold that are utterly unrealistic. The only place they work is on a chalkboard in a college class. But these ideas have caught on, and they make you feel enlightened and compassionate. And all your progressive friends congratulate you on your enlightenment. They don't work for humanity, and they never, ever will. Again, Compassion without order is is chaos and ugliness. Order without compassion is fascism and cruelty. You need both. Uh, interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal about student loan debt and how it's one of the greatest accounting frauds in the history of the country. Oh, yeah. Also, Larry King getting divorced for the eighth time. We've got full team coverage on <laughs> uh, that uh, that tragedy. Coming up.
0: Armstrong again.
1: Reminds me of, uh, I was going to talk about one of my all-time favorite albums, which is 60 years old this week. Whoa! And uh, one of my favorite... 60s the new 40s. One of my favorite 40s. life experiences. I'll talk about that later, maybe. Wow! Or maybe yeah. later this segment, if I have time. Someday we ought to just do a music podcast. I'm actually going to, as part of trotting out the new Dead Flowers album at some point, that I think well, I'm ready to do, but that'd be fun, and people who are into it be into it. We wouldn't, you know... Uh, hammer our talk radio audience with it. Uh, The great student loan scam from the Wall Street Journal editorial board. This is them. We need to forgive all student loans. I'm just going to read most of it because it's pretty damn good. Sure. Some, Some economists are predicting a recession in the next year, but the New York Federal Reserve's quarterly household debt survey last week showed few portents. What it did show is that more Americans are defaulting on their student loans and that government budget gnomes have vastly underestimated the future taxpayer charge. That's what I'm looking forward to is when I get to pay for all those student loans that I had nothing to do with. I'm Def- looking forward to using the term portent more often. Defaults have fallen for most forms of consumer debt as the economic expansion continues, which is good news. You hope that happens when the economy is good. Mortgage delinquencies last quarter hit a historic low. But severely delinquent student loans have soared since 2012, and are now 35 percent of all severe derogatories. That's what they call them. The the really you're really behind loans. Uh, way above credit cards, auto loans, and mortgage. I think it's three derogatories to a portent. Sixteen ounces to a pound. There is 1.5 trillion dollars in federal student loan debt out there. One and a half trillion. Mm. About 10% of that is 30 days or more past due. Another 20% is in deferment or forbearance, and about 30% is income is in income-based repayment plans. I didn't know you could do this. Yeah. That allow most borrowers to cap their monthly payments at 10% of their discretionary income. Boy, I'll bet there's a lot of ways to fudge that too. And discharge the. If you don't, you're a fool. Right. And then you get to discharge the remaining balance after 20 years. So you just have to make 10% of the payment on your discretionary income, whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, whatever number you come up with. And then once you get past 20 years, you haven't paid it off. It's just gone. Or 10 years if you're in public service. So if the taxpayer is paying your salary, right. then the taxpayer eats your college degree that wasn't any good. Also, nice. why paying your salary. Boy, that's nice of us. We're good people, <laughs> us taxpayers. A little stupid, but good people. Yeah. Yeah, wow, and it's all, oh my God, it's just, <laughs> well, I and are talking about it, it's such a scam. Yeah, Congress created these nifty plans in 2012 for new borrowers, but then the Obama administration expanded them retroactively to reduce defaults, buy off millennial voters, and disguise the cost of its student loan takeover. This may be the biggest accounting fraud in history, huh? according to the Wall Street Journal. Now that's saying something. It is. Democrats in the 1990s created a public student loan option to compete with subsidized private lenders. Then in 2010, they nationalized the market to help pay for Obamacare. The CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, at the time, forecast that eliminating private lenders would save taxpayers 15, $58 billion over 10 years. Oh, I see. They essentially opened up a loan business for profit, and that profit could be used to... Uh, to subsidize Obamacare. Now that's something a government should do. (laughs) This estimate was pure fantasy, and now we're seeing how much. Why don't they sell surfboards or or ice cream? (laughs) The government student loan portfolio has since doubled, while severely delinquent loans have spiked despite a good economy. Many borrowers in income-based repayment plans aren't repaying the principal. So their balances are growing as they accrue more interest. And by 2012, a majority of new borrowers had bigger balances after two years of making payments. Well, that's rough. And as usual, we return to the Armstrong and Getty question. When knowledge has never been easier to distribute. Why is college more expensive than I, ever? I got to hit you with this cuz it's so good. Another non-surprise from the Wall Street Journal says the government is spending more to administer student loans than they ever forecast, of course. In 2010, the government spent $800 million on administrative costs of the loans, and that will increase to $1.2 billion this year just to administer the loans. We're spending $1.2 billion a year. That's that's incredible. And to flood the university system, the college system, with enormous amounts of easy cash. Loans you don't even have to repay. Now, if you never took Econ 101 in college or high school, or, you know, a good high school, um, that's too bad. When you flood a market with money, that causes rampant inflation. Sure. Why wouldn't you raise the cost of college? People are borrowing money like crazy. You don't have to pay it back. Half-empty campuses full of... Uh, administrators, mostly, the few professors don't teach as much as they used to. The kids don't go to class as much as they used to. They don't do as much work as they used to, according to everybody, and it's tripled in cost. That bailout's coming. Um, what's coming up in your news, Marshall?
0: Major changes uh, the way migrant families are going to be handled at the U.S.-Mexico border. China willing to make deal with U.S. and one high school. We want deal. And one high school moves to get students off their phones during classes. And, oh, hey, geez.
1: Tim Sandifer's brilliant article that we talked to him about is now available at uh, armstrongandgetty.com. Go click on it. It's great.
0: Armstrong and Getty. <laughs>
1: two texts we got on the whole student loan thing I just read from the Wall Street Journal that are worth mentioning. Why would you pay back your student loans when presidential candidates are promising loan forgiveness? Very good point. Yeah, sure. If you think, I just got to wait a little bit, and then... The the manager's coming out to comp our dinner. No, 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 I'm going to pay. Quickly. If the Dems take the House, Senate, and Presidency, I guarantee you that's on the table of Mm -hmm. the big student loan bailout happening. And then you're going to hear a lot of this... Um. This guy says, so again, I'm the fool for paying cash for my daughter four years at Chico. Yeah? Yeah, if you didn't take the loan and you paid cash, yeah. you think, well, why well, I guess I should have taken the long-term loan. Right. Well, and now I'm paying my taxes to pay for everybody else's loan, and I paid for my own kids' school. So, you fantastic. know, uh, reminds me of the great uh, Dave Mason classic rock song. Uh, in terms of taxpayers and college students and families and the rest of it, there ain't no good guys, there ain't no bad guys. Uh, it, all of the families have gotten scammed by the modern college and college loan scam. I feel bad for because they're constantly hammered with the idea that you have to have a college degree. College is skyrocketing in cost. It's been flooded with the government money, as we were saying. There's been rampant inflation, bloated colleges. It's just, it's absolutely awful. On the other hand, you got taxpayers who paid as they went or work they were through, or the guy who went to plumbing school who's now busting his ass running a business, you're going to take a big old chunk out of his paycheck? Right. Government money is taxpayer money. I, I, I feel like I'm saying, you know, stove burners get hot. It's so obvious, but it's little discussed. And it comes under the heading of fairness somehow. Right. How's that fair to the plumbing guy? Anyway, news now with Marshall Phillips.
0: Well, the Trump administration is planning to hold migrant families in detention now for the entire duration of their immigration proceedings. The Trump administration has established a new rule to respond to the realities of current immigration flows, a rule based on the principle that families should remain together during immigration proceedings. Now, Acting Homeland Security Secretary Kevin McAleenan saying the current standards incentivize illegal entry, which has helped to cause and fuel the family crisis at our southern border. The Supreme Court ruling known as the Flores Agreement currently limits the time families can be detained to 20 days, but Macalina now says higher standards are going to be implemented for the care of families in custody. There are campus-like settings with appropriate medical, educational, recreational, dining, and private housing facilities. And he's saying the new rule... Can I go there? He's saying the new rule will not take effect for another 60 days, and it is expected to be challenged in court. Can you play that clip
1: again? Did he mention a bar? Is there
0: like a bar available? or just there campus-like setting for the appropriate medical, educational, recreational, Our dining, and private at housing cocktails served any point, is my question. <laughs> he said recreational go- facilities.
1: <laughs> there you go, exactly. That's exactly. to include cocktails. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, so earlier I said there's a Democratic debate on August 28th. There's not a debate. The number I had in my head was Liar! Fake news! Fake news! That's the cutoff for who qualifies for the debate ah, is August 28th. Okay. That's the date I had in my head. And I think the fact that we didn't get a single text referring to the fact that there's not a debate next week shows the hunger out there <laughs> for another flipping debate. To I mean, I knew immediately. Kind of yes, yeah, you said yeah, the World but... Series is yeah. in September. I'd have 50 emails in front of me right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nobody
0: cares. <laughs> Beijing is appealing to Washington to meet China halfway and end the tariff war. After President Trump said Americans might need to. Endure economic pain to secure longer-term benefits. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson expressing hopes the United States can get along with China and restore mutually beneficial trade. Yeah, but, yeah, if you quit, well, if you make it mutually beneficial and fair...
1: It's quit acting like a tiny little third world developing country That needs to be able to do things No other country on earth gets away with In their trade relationships It is utterly wildly out of balance It's blatantly illegal According to the treaties China has signed And that's what Donald J is trying to deal with Trump, is asshole. Yes some, <laughs> some frank talk <laughs> from a protester he, Tr- Trump is absolutely right Obama should have done it. Bush should have done it. All the previous presidents shouldn't have done it. But so much money is being made, they figure, "Eh,
0: well, just let it ride. A California high school where teachers and administrators were frustrated that students were continuing to look at their phones, even though they've been told over and over and over again to put them away during class. Put a new policy. I'm
1: I'm amazed that that happens. You don't just take their phone from them in the modern world. Hey, if I see that phone again, it goes in my drawer until the end of the day. So you can't do that anymore? Always worked in the past.
0: Well, the school, San Mateo High School has got a new policy in place that requires students' phones to be locked up during school hours. I'm
1: perfectly okay with that.
0: Somebody will are probably their parents, though.
1: Are the parents of the students who are way too involved in their high school children's day-to-days? Would they be okay with? Right. Oh, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a challenge to that. But I need to, Jimmy needs to be able to contact me if he slips and breaks his ankle. No, Or something. Know. He'll be fine. Uh, you're right. Positive, Sean. That's a good point. The helicopter parents, the uh, snow plow parents mm. of the world. you got to check yourselves, my friends. Free range kids. I can't believe that's even a thing. Yeah. You get to whip out your phone in class and
0: stare, stare at, at it? it. Come on. Wow. Yeah, the students have each been assigned a magnetically sealed pouch huh. at no cost. So they have their phones in their possession, but they can't access them. So those are the same sort of technology
1: that you'll see at various uh, stand-up shows. Like if you go see Dave okay. Chappelle, and they don't want their, their stuff videoed and released before it's ready for their Netflix special or whatever. Right. They, mm-hmm. they have these very same magnetically sealed things that you can only unlock once you leave the venue. How interesting. <sighs> I had no idea yeah. that technology yeah. existed. Mm. Yep. Um uh, that's a good idea on a number of levels. Right. I mean one, you can't be pay- you're not paying attention to the teacher right if you're on your phone. and kind of the hook to this is that you remain in possession of your phone the entire time. you sure. just can't access it right. And that- two, how about a little training in, uh, in in making it a couple of hours without checking your phone? Which would be good for everybody's
0: brain. What if somebody liked my post earlier? That's true. You wouldn't even know. (laughs) The school says there's already been a positive effect on students, but some researchers think the policy's not a good idea because it will raise the level of students' anxiety if they aren't allowed to look at their phones. Those researchers
1: need to be rounded up, dropped out of a plane, (laughs) Yours was better than mine. (laughs) I was just going to put them on an island somewhere. Drop them out of a plane onto an island. island. There there you you go. go. (laughs) See,
0: this is compromise. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. We ought to be in charge of the uh, China negotiations. You want to steal all of our intellectual
1: property and have access to all the books and technology of all American companies? We don't think you should have any. How about you just steal a little technology? Maybe some of the old stuff. Mm. We'll teach you all about snow tires. Or, you know, (laughs) something like that. Here's how to make a TV set. So we got this text. Don't just blame the kids. My sister-in-law, is a stay at home mom. routinely texts her high school daughter during the day just to chat. Now, we've heard this multiple times. Wow, yeah. And then we yeah. were wondering, Is it are kids just claiming it's their parents because it helps you keep the phone? Well, in this case, apparently it is the parents. It's got to be both. Yeah. But she's just, what the you hell? Know, different measures in different families, but yeah. What the hell? I, I know. We are denying our children the most important learning experience they will ever have which is being on their own, creating on their own. I'm sorry, that's so distracting when you do that, Sean. I'm sorry. I know you don't mean it. Um, it, it. Creating their own rules, solving their own problems, getting lost and finding their way back. It's just that's so important and we're cheating our kids out of it. Yes. Is this a side effect of a generation of parents wanting to be their kids' friends? Oh, yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. You know, Seinfeld was talking. I was watching his Comedians in Cars with Coffee thing the other night. and It was the one with Alec Baldwin. And they go back to their hometown. They both grew up in the same small town on Long Island. Mm. And they're just walking around talking about it. And Seinfeld says to uh, to Alec Baldwin, he said, we're the first generation that had a childhood. This is a new thing. Because they're talking about their kids and how spoiled their kids are and how they like some of it. And some of it they think has gone too far and that sort of stuff. And Mm. I would agree with my own situation. But they said, you know, we're the first generation that had a childhood. This is new to us. Did your dad have a childhood? And Alec Baldwin says, no. And he said, neither did mine. You know, mine didn't either. My dad didn't have a childhood, really. He just kind of worked. You worked in the summer and uh, helping around the farm or whatever. And then you went to school. Yeah. The, The idea of... All this pleasure and entertainment just wasn't even part of life. It's really, really new, right? Well, real new, like just a uh, twenty, thirty years old. And the idea that a lot of families go with, including me and ours, was that our kids' top priority really ought to be education because these days you gotta you know have a degree and to get into a college blah 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 blah. Um, achievement numbers are terrible in schools. Public schools are failing kids like crazy. But, and that's not entirely their fault, it is partly, but so we're like super-emphasizing one thing then getting it wrong, and then, then bilking people out of hundreds of thousands of dollars for a useless degree. I mean, yikes. Well, that's one of the reasons, was it? Bastiat, yeah, one of the great um, economic thinkers and libertarians said, uh, of all the monopolies, um, the worst is a monopoly of education. Uh, the idea that you shouldn't have uh, creativity and competition and the rest in the world of education, it's obscene. It's terrible for education to become this bureaucracy that just exists to protect itself. Damn, the kids can be damned. I mean, that's terrible. And you have, Paul oh, I've got this great story. Here's this, uh, this politician. Oh, where is that article? I want to get the guy's name right. Uh, he's r- savaging. His Republican opponent, there it is, uh, McCready, is running in, I think, the Carolinas. There it is. Stand by, everybody. I'll get my act together. Um, So this uh, Dan McCready accused his Republican opponent, Dan Bishop, of not believing in public schools because Bishop believes in school choice and charter schools and the rest of it. Turns out McCready sends his kids to an $18,000 a year private school as he preaches that we cannot Give parents the choice to send their kids to better schools. That's interesting. Yeah. One more text on this. During an emergency, these kids won't be able to call 911. That's what will end being able to take away their phones. Oh, during a, so, a, a shooting yeah, or I, anything. Uh, yeah. 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 So, tornado. tornado, fire, wolf pack. And all you need to have is this much threat of a lawsuit. Right. And you'll, okay, kids get to stare at their phones in class. I guess I give up now. As a teacher, I'm just going to sit down, put in my earbuds, listen to music get my pension give you get my pension yep. give everybody an A since most everybody gets an A anyway and cuz I'll get in trouble if I don't <laughs> yeah, and then just go about my life yep any other teachers or uh, people who have knowledge of this 415295kftc is our text line
0: Strong and Getty
1: show. The Danish still have not given us Greenland an update on that story. Hopefully, we will take it by the end of the day and restore what is rightfully ours. Absolutely. Greenland. Um. On this subject of cell phones in school, as it's back-to-school time, we're doing our back-to-school shopping this afternoon with the kids. That's always oh, that's a very exciting thing to do. New pair of shoes. Oh, God. I remember that. They made me run so much faster than my oh, old hey. shoes. And cornering, please. And, uh, you know, pick out the shirt you're going to wear for first day picture. Right. That I will take. Um, but uh, the idea of cell phones in class, which I can't even believe is even an option. Apparently it is. This text, I was going to school to teach at the secondary level, middle school slash high school. I was told during a classroom management course that you have to be careful taking phones because if the child claims you broke the phone or looked at it, a parent could take legal action and it's your word against a class of students that don't care if you keep your job. Oh, my. The best suggestion was having the kids set their phones along the whiteboard where the pens go with their names over it so you, so you as the teacher never touch them. So you make them, you have them go over and carry them and set them down so you never physically touch them. Boy, the phenomenon of teachers, including college professors, being terrified of their little charges is really something. Yeah. And, and their parents. Yeah, boy, oh, boy. They're, we've heard that from so many teachers, so many college teachers. It just... You just live in fear of offending a little snowflake and they will make a big deal of it and paint you as a racist and a fascist and a misogynist and the rest of it. And that becomes your life, hearings and reports and the rest of it. So you think, I don't need that headache. Right. And I was saying, you know, somebody will claim they, uh, they can't get a hold of their mom when they hurt their ankle, So they sue. You say you've got to let them have phones. We've got this text. They just banned phone use at my kid's m- middle school. Thanks to a cyberbullying incident, so the lawsuits work both ways. Well, good. The lawyers are fighting it out, and that's how we decide whether or not it makes sense for kids to sit in class and stare at their phone. Well, luckily, America's attorneys are just in it for the justice, <laughs> not just making money off of both That's sides. troubling. Uh, you know what's troubling is me impugning Jer- uh, 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 James, James Earl Carter, Jimmy Carter. Um, You joined in, but I was the, the ringleader in the abuse, and I apologize for I was it. just trying to be cool because the popular kid said it. Thank you. Um, Jimmy Carter did not usher in the national 55 mile per hour. Was it Ford? It was Ford. The oh. ironically named Ford. He signed it into law in the Federal-Aid Highway Amendments of 1974. Oh, uh, that was signed on January fourth, nineteen seventy-five. William, we appreciate your input and are stunned by the thoroughness of your research. That whole era, just that that middle part of the seventies, I guess it was post-Vietnam and Watergate, where we're really on our heels oh, as yeah. a country. And the, and <clears throat> you know the steel mills closing, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Read the books, watch the movies, whatever. Just all that stuff happening at the same time. We're just on our heels as a country. We're just kind of weak and soft and uh... rampant inflation. Mortgages were running at eighteen percent. 18%. Yeah, it's hard to even imagine. Yeah, yeah. And and meanwhile, you get the uh, energy crisis going on, so we got to putt along at 55 miles per hour, and Jimmy Carter was there in his sweater, and this is what I was thinking about, telling us to, like, run our house at 40 degrees in the wintertime. Because <laughs> we're a sad, weak country. Right. And then we recaptured our glory. How, when, who? Give you a hint. His name is Ron, and he was the governor of Corruptifornia before it came the, became the unicornian fantasy land that is today. So I got the top ten most annoying things you do. Me personally? According to other people. Well, people in general. I've been waiting for this moment. Now there's, this is a pretty good list. <laughs> I mean, the list has 50. We're just trying yeah. to narrow it down to the top. I probably should scroll through and find all the best ones, but I'll just do the top ten. Tapping your feet. Why is it people in offices forget their manners with such shocking frequency? Tapping your foot under your desk does more to create distracting noise, blah, blah, blah. Because they're not aware of it. Yeah. My daughter is a, a serial foot tapper and <laughs> knee jiggler. She's, uh, she's twitchy like, like her old man. I sit perfectly still. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, looking at your phone when you're talking to someone in person? Oh, yeah, yeah that's terrible. Uh, stop it. Counterpoint, be more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs>
0: that's funny.
1: Uh, number eight, talking ad nauseum about how busy you are. <laughs> That's true. Here, for some reason, hearing somebody else talk about how busy they are is there any nobody enjoys that. Is there an upside on either either side? No. Be oh. brief. Yeah, running around, you know how it is. There you go. Not returning your shopping cart. Eh, that one doesn't bother me much. Well, well, I do. Well, Leave it return in the them. parking space, though. That's annoying. How friggin' lazy are you? Walk it over there. Singing along to a song like you're trying to win a Grammy. <laughs> if Don't Stop Believing" comes on the radio and you're singing at the top of your lungs, you're annoying people. Okay. Oh, boy. How many people do that? Actually, I ran into somebody not that long ago who did it. It was weird. I didn't even know how to react. They were just singing, like, full volume. Am I supposed to watch this whole performance, or can I walk away now, or what's going on? <laughs> could they hold a tune? Yeah, they could okay. sing, but still, it's just weird. They're, like, doing body movements and singing just full-on, like, performance. That's a kind of person. I've known those people. <laughs> Very <laughs> exuberant cheerleader Is types. Is it mandatory that I stand here and let you finish the song? Oh, people no. want to play to their strengths. If oh, I look uh, like Dwayne Johnson, I'd wear nothing but tank tops. I guess that's it. Number five, refusing to walk single file on a crowded sidewalk. We're going left. What is the matter? You meet somebody in a hallway, in an airport, on a staircase, and you go left. We're Americans. We go right. <laughs> if you're a Britain, go left. What are you, Limey? Go right. the airports make me crazy. Everybody's walking chaotically, running into each other. Y'all going that way? Go to your right. You're going. Everyone flow like. Oh my god, it'd be great. Wow. Do you do that rant as you're walking through the airport? Yes, I do. Pointing out people. You go to the left. And I have a megaphone. And they say, <laughs> "Sir, you've got to stop." And I say, "I say, there are new laws against megaphones." To their faces. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've been banned from most airports. Uh, number two was I not. I take Greyhound a lot. Number two is not standing to one side on an escalator similar sort of situation, really. And then number one was humble bragging. People are annoyed by humble bragging, so keep that in mind all day long. That's omnipresent these days. It's so obvious when it's happening, too. Stop it!